What is up, wrestling fans? It's that time of the week for them boys from 607 Podcast to talk all things pro wrestling and call it right down the middle. That's right, it's time for this week's edition of 607 Podcast presents The Wrestling Show, better known as 607-TWS. We are coming to you from the ODPH Dungeon, The Realest Thing, and Pro Wrestling Podcasting. I am your host, and I'm also the host of the 3FM Podcast. My name is Rich. And joining me as he does in the co-pilot share each and every week, but you know him better as the host of the Ocho Duro Parlay Hour Podcast, better known as the ODPH. I'm talking about Kenem. 607 Podcast family, what is going on? What is good? What is happening? Let's talk some pro wrestling, shall we? Pro wrestling, the last safe bastion, unless you're on Twitter. <laughs> hmm. The last safe bastion. Stay away from Twitter, though. You gotta just if, if, if you're on Twitter, then it's no longer the safe bastion, but everywhere else, pretty safe. For the most part. You know, you know, the fandoms, got to love them. Well, it's been a, it's been an interesting, busy week in pro wrestling. We got another busy week upon us, so we got a lot to talk about. So before we can jump into it, though, Ken, tell the fine folks how to find yourself in the ODPH podcast. Very simple. Swing on over to ODPHpodcast.com. Join the conversation on the social media account. Check out the Parlay Points blog section. Check out the T Public Store link. Check out the Patreon link, one tier, $2 a month. The classified section where you can find friends of the show, such as 3FM Podcast, Dragon Master Games, Nerd Initiative, and so many more. Basically, if it's anything and everything that is the ODPH, you can find it at ODPHpodcast.com. And of course, if you're trying to get a hold of me in the 3FM Podcast, it's simple. Go to 3FNpodcast.com. It's your one-stop shop for everything 3fn of course you got the social media links t public link patreon link patreon.com slash 3fn podcast for as little as one dollar a month you get a ton of extra bonus content plus you help support everything we do here on top of all of that you can uh, find uh, little uh, spots on there for the 3fn podcast 607 tws and of course friends of the show like the odph podcast also while you're there check out the musical directory that features bands like floodlands whose song ruins is the theme song for 607 TWS. You hear at the beginning of the show every week. And of course, our other good friend, Second Suitor, whose song One Winged Angel is the song that you hear close out the show each and every week here on 607 TWS. Check out those great bands and all the other ones listed. And of course, support them on YouTube Music, Spotify, and Bandcamp. And of course, while you're there, also visit the sponsorship page. That is the page that uh, the people that allow us to bring you these shows commercial-free. A big shout out to our main sponsor, of course, that is Dragon Master Games. For all your Magic Gathering and gaming needs, visit them on the World Wide Web, dragonmastergames.com. There you go. 3FMpodcast.com is the easier way to remember all of that. So, with that, we got a lot to talk about, so let's dive right in, shall we? Because I believe... That's right, it's time to kick off this edition of 607 TWS with the opening contest. And there's no better way to start the opening contest than... The New Japan Report. And of course, G1 Climax 33 is in full swing. We've got a couple days to, to talk about results before giving you the upcoming week of the G1 Climax. Ken, are you ready to talk about it? Absolutely. Let's do it. Night one of the G1 Climax. And I'm just going to go down quickly and say who the winners are. Also, we're not going to give the leaderboard because if they won, they're two points. Everybody who lost is zero points. So technically, there's a big ass tie for first place and second place. Mm-hmm. That's it. So let's talk about the night's night one B block match. Yoshihashi defeats. El Phantasmo. Uh, in the second match of that night for an A block tournament match, 
Chase Owens defeated Gabe Kidd. Hmm. That was a shocker. That was one. Uh, in a B-block match, uh, Tonga Loa defeated the former NJPW Strong Openweight Champion, Kenta. Surprised at that one. As well. Next up, we had a uh, time limit draw hmm. as two of the three musketeers went to the 20-minute time limit draw on A-block. So Shuda Yumino and Ren Narita, one point each. So I'm lied. There was two one-pointers. Right. <laughs> Still, that means they're just in second place. Mm-hmm. Next up on the uh, B block, the Rainmaker Kazushka Okada defeated Great Okan. Next up, A block match also. Kaido Kiyomaya, who just uh, celebrated a birthday, by the way, defeated the other musketeer, Yoda Suji. Great match. Very good match, but uh, happy birthday to Kaido Kiyomaya. Next up, in a B-block tournament match, Tai Chi defeated the IWGP United States champion, Will Osprey. Yeah. That's a shocker, mm-hmm. right, in the first round. You, you get a lot of those in the G1, though. And last but certainly not least in the main event of the evening, A-block matchup, the IWGP World's Heavyweight Champion, Sonata, defeated Hikaleo. Uh, interesting, man. It's an interesting first night. You know, you're always going to get something interesting in New Japan. A couple big upsets there, though. I was going to say, it kind of opened up with a little shaking of the uh, stat quo, if you will. Not only that, you know, the two of the two of the three Musketeers going to a draw. Yeah. All right, let's go to night two, because that's the only other night we have results for in a C-block tournament match to open the night. The leader of the Bullet Club, your uh, never-open-weight champion, David Finley, defeated Tamahiro Ishii. In a first-round match. Mm-hmm. Next up, D-Block first round, we had uh, Hiroki Goto defeat Toriano. Poor Toriano doesn't get a yeah. win in the beginning. Uh, C-Block matchup up next, Mikey Nichols defeated Aaron Henry. Next up, we had a D-Block matchup where the legend of Slapjack, Shane Haste, defeated Alex Coughlin. Great match. Next, we had probably the match that everybody is talking most about because of the competitors in it, but... Eddie Kingston defeated Shingo Tagagi in this, mm-hmm. in this C-block matchup. Pretty interesting. Starts off his first ever G1, 1-0, against a great fighter. And also then said that he would like to fight Shingo Tagagi at all-in or all-out. Thoughts on that? That'd be smart to make it happen. I would make it happen. Next up, Zack Sabre Jr., your NJPW World Television Champion, defeated the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi. In a C-block match, Evil defeated Tamatanga. And in the main event of the evening, and this I would consider this an upset, D-Block tournament match, Jeff Cobb defeated Tetsuo Naito. Did not see that happening, even though I do love the outcome of that one. Well, I'm going to just throw it out there. It's been, uh, as usual, the, the G1 has always got upsets going on, always things that you don't know what's you know, happening, always keeping you on your toes. And we're going to get more of that in these upcoming weeks. Uh, you ready to preview a few shows coming up before the next time we'll record, Ken? Sure, let's do it. So, uh, first up, this upcoming Tuesday, of course, these are super early in the morning. You can catch them later on in the day if you would like in the United States. But if you live over in Japan, you can. Uh, it's normal time over there, like 7 p.m., 8 p.m. Mm-hmm. So let's uh, talk about the one going down Tuesday, July 18th. Uh, first up, A-block tournament match, Kaido Kiyomaya taking on Chase Owens. Mm. B-block match between Great Okan and Kenta. Okay. A A-block match between Hikaleo and Gabe Kidd. Okay. A B-block match between Tai Chi and Tongaloa. Hmm. A A-block match between the other, again, two of the three Musketeers, Ren Narita and Yoda Ch- Soji. Okay. So hopefully not another draw. I could see that one going to be a draw, though. 
Next match is uh, one that we'll have our eyes on in a B-block matchup. Yoshihashi goes one-on-one with Will Ospreay. Mm-hmm. A-block match, the IWGP World's Heavyweight Champion Sonata goes against the other three Musketeer member, Shuta Yumino. And in the main event of the evening, the Rainmaker, Kazuchika Okada, goes one-on-one with El Phantasmo. Great lineup right there. And I do have a, a sense, though, they're really going to be having these long, drawn-out matches with the Musketeers. That's what I, I said. So. Like, I think we're going to have another draw. I want to be surprised. I, I like how they're setting them up. Mm-hmm. I don't think any of them are going to win the tournament this right. year. I agree. But it's a good setup to prove that they're the future. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up would be Wednesday, July 19th. We got the next night that we're going to talk about. D-block matchup. Toriano goes one-on-one with Zack Sabre Jr. Okay. C-block match. Uh, Mikey Nichols versus David Finley. D-block match. Jeff Cobb takes on Alex Coughlin. Ooh. C-block match. This is going to be one to watch. Eddie Kingston versus Evil. <laughs> D-block match, Hiroshi Tanahashi, the ace, going up the, against the legend of Slapjack, Shane Haste. Next up in a C-block match, Shingo Tagagi against Aaron Henry. In a D-block matchup, Hiroki Goto goes up against Tetsuya Naito. And in the main event of this evening, and get your mouth guards ready, C-block matchup, Tamahiro Ishii versus Tamatanga. Oh, let's go. That's a hard-hitting night right there. Yep. Next up, Friday, July 21st is the next night we got there, and this is uh, going to have a bunch of matches. I, I like how they're mixing it up, too. Mm-hmm. In the past, they would just do like one set on each night. Now they just kind of mix them all up. Yeah. I feel like it's the best of both worlds for everybody. Well, you want to appease the audience. Agreed. So let's talk mm-hmm. about this uh, card on July 21st. Uh, B-block matchup, Yoshihashi versus Tangaloa. Okay. A A-block matchup against uh, Ren Narita and Gabe Kidd. B-block matchup, El Phantasmo, Great O'Conn. A-block matchup, Hikaleo and Chase Owens. Okay. B-block matchup, Will Osprey versus Kenta. That's Ooh, a great match. That's going to be great. A-block matchup, Shuta Yumino against Kaido Kiyomaya. B-block matchup, the Rainmaker Kazuchika Okada against Tai Chi. And in the main event of that night, the IWGP World Champion Sonata goes up against Yoda Suji in an A-block matchup. Hmm. Musketeer versus the champ. Interesting. I think Sonata's going to come out. I do too. But it'll be like I say, they're going to really showcase the Musketeers or this whole G1. I, I agree with you. I think that they they put them in the best block mm-hmm. to showcase them as well. Right. Once again, everybody thinks that New Japan doesn't tell stories. They tell good stories, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. They just don't tell them in the conventional United States version. Right. We don't need all that extra nonsense, if you will. Mm-hmm. Uh, or as the late, great Pat Patterson would say, the Gaga. Yeah. We don't need the Gaga. All right, ready for the last night we're going to cover here because it'll be Sunday, July 23rd. Mm-hmm. D-block matchup, Zack Sabre Jr. versus Alex Coughlin. C-block matchup, Tama Tonga versus Mikey Nichols. D-block matchup, Hiroki Goto versus the legend of Slapjack, Shane Haste. Ooh. A C-block matchup, Aaron Henry versus Eddie Kingston. A D-block matchup between Toriyano and Tetsuya Naito. A C-block matchup between Tamihiro Ishii and Shingo Tagagi. A D-block matchup between the ace, Hiroshi Tanahashi, and Jeff Cobb. In the main event of that evening, this is a good one, storyline-wise. C-block tournament match. The leader of the Bullet Club, David Finley, versus the leader of the Bullet Club Torture Club, Evil. Mm. Hmm. I was going to say, it's been a while coming. Hmm. That's an interesting one. Lots of interesting stuff going on in the world of the G1. Of course, we're going to be here next week to review all of those and preview nuts coming up next. Also, next week, we will be giving you the leaderboard because obviously this week, if you want, you know, with the exception of the one tie, 
it was pretty much across the board. Right. So I, I really believe that uh, we're, we're pretty good on that. So New Japan Pro Wrestling, definitely heating up. G1 time is always a good time. Mm-hmm. Next up, we are going to talk about an event that I know that we, me and you both watched together, and it was an amazing event. So I'm going to bury the lead there. Of course, I'm talking about Impact Wrestling Presents Slammiversary 2023 from St. Clair College in Windsor, Ontario, Canada. Are you ready to break this down, Ken? Always ready to talk Impact. Always? Well, good thing, because we're talking it right now. Pre-show, got two matches. First of the two matches, a six-person tag team extravaganza. As you had Jody Threat and the Death Dolls, Courtney Rush and Jessica defeated Sean Taraj, Giselle Shaw, Savannah Evans, and Jai Vidal. Five minutes and 34 seconds. Great matchup, by the way. Solid match to open the show up. I liked it. Told the story. Did what needs. Still kind of weird seeing Courtney Rush instead yeah, of her being Rosemary. I but agree. that's okay. I, I, I'm not complaining about right, it. I right. just think it's, it's different. It takes a while to get set in. Well, the next up, the other other pre-show match for the Impact Digital Media Championship, your champion. I believe in Joe Hendry. Defending his belt against Kenny King with Sheldon Jean Jean in his corner. Jean, I don't know uh, if, if he's being fancy with it or not. I just looked at it like this. Kenny King, for some reason, is trying to be the Impact version of Carmelo Hayes, and yeah, he's got his own Trick Williams. It's weird. Am I wrong? No, you're right. It's, it's just, why? And I love Kenny King. Exactly. He's a talented guy. By the way, this match got six minutes and nine seconds at the end of the match. And your new Impact Digital Media Champion, Kenny King. I think this is a big win for Kenny King, who's kind of been lost in the shuffle as of late. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think this is a good move for Joe Hendry because I think he's ready to move on and go on to bigger things in Impact Wrestling. Agreed. I thought a solid match, and this is a good time to take the belt off him. Well, let's talk about the main show. And we opened up the main show with the signature match of Impact Wrestling ultimate X to determine the number one contender for the impact X division championship. This match got 11 minutes and 11 seconds. And at the end of the day, Kushida defeated Allen angels, Jake something making his return, Mm -hmm. Jonathan Gresham, Kevin Knight and speedball, Mike Bailey to become number one contender. Well, contender for the impact X division championship. Easy for you to say. I almost said pretender. I don't know. I love me some Kushida. Well, you know what? The match itself was typical Ultimate X, and that's never a bad thing. I thought they did a very cool spot that you and I were talking about where Kevin Knight almost did a flip to get the belt right away within the first minute of the or the X in the first minute of the match. Yeah, he kind of did this weird flip up to up Jake something, literally yeah. up Jake something to the top, got, grabbed it, and Jake something had to like pull him down yeah. without him pulling down the X and he did, but it was it was like, oh, shit, they're going to end this match in a minute. Yeah, which I thought would have been really interesting, but I was like, with this kind of match, like anything could happen, especially Speedball Mike Bailey is a madman. Yeah, and Alan Angels was taking some spots, my friend. Yeah. And giving out a lot of dick punches. Yes. Good match, though. It was a Great very, match, very though. good opening contest. Next up, the, T, uh, the Impact Knockouts World Tag Team Championships on the line. Your champions, the Coven, Taylor Wilde and Kylene King. Defending the titles against the newly formed team of Killer Kelly and Masha Slamovich. This match got nine minutes and four seconds at the end of the match. And your new Impact Knockouts World Tag Team Champions, Killer Kelly and Masha Slamovich. This match was one of the best matches of the night. Agreed. I think that the right choice was made here because, man, Killer Kelly and Masha Slamovich is for being a first-time tagging together. Mm-hmm. Very impressive. Gelled very easy, and I agree with you. I think if you're going to take the belts off the coven, this is a perfect team to move them on to. 
Next up, we had a tag team dream warfare match, however you want to call it, between uh, you know two feuding people with Darren McCarty as the special guest enforcer. Yeah. Of course, we had the Bully Ray team made up of Bully Ray and found out this past week on Busted Open, Deaner, because... Reasons. Exactly. I mean, I guess there, the reasons were a little better than that. It was that he was a Jeff Jarrett guy, not a Scott Demore guy. And, you know, they never got along and he'd love to punch him in the mouth. There's a lot of selling going on. But we were going to be at a blank because PCO was out. Mm-hmm. So Scott Demore called somebody back from the dead. Well, we got Team Canada because Scott Demore tagged with the returning Eric Young. This match got 11 minutes and 49 seconds at the end of the day. Scott Demore and Eric Young, Team Canada, come out with a big victory. Uh, how do you feel about having Eric Young back and also the victory for him and Scott Demore? One, it's always cool to see Eric Young back with impact. It's just he kind of seems like he really fits there more than wherever, wherever else we've seen him. But I think for this match, though, I got to admit, this is probably my least favorite one of the night. And I think just with Darren McCarty's role, and what it was supposed to be. Like, he's supposed to be the guest enforcer, but he wasn't kicking anybody out and just got involved in the match. Like I say, it took away a little bit for me, but not enough to take me out of it. But like I say, if I have to rank it, it's probably my least favorite match of the night, but I thought they made the right call about having Scott Demore win. It was definitely weird as the enforcer came in to warn the referee, and the referee yeah. kind of treated him like he was part of the – he was the corner man for the one team instead of the enforcer. Then he ended up becoming the referee because – Reasons exactly. Yeah, I, I, well, the referee walks out of the match. Yeah, because Bully Ray bullied him. Exactly. It, it was just, interesting. It was just messy. Yeah. Uh, other, you know, other than that, I, I thought Scott Demore was very impressive. Nice to see Eric Young, Young back. Mm-hmm. Uh, next up, X Division Championship on the line. Your champion Chris Saban going one on one with Leo Rush. Ready for it? This mm. match got officially one minute twenty seconds at the end of the day. Your new Impact X Division champion, Leo Rush, the man of the hour. He comes out there and he just jumps Chris Saban, beats him down. They look like they're gonna have to stop it and not let the match go on. Chris Saban does the, you know, the face thing of going, No, I'm gonna fight. And then minute twenty seconds later, yeah, <laughs> we got a new champion. Puzzling, but I know they're building for something better. So I'm trusting the process on this one. Yeah, I'm going to trust it for now. Well, like I said, you know, we've said it before. We'll say it again. Sometimes you got to let things play out. Mm-hmm. That night, I, you know, I even said to you that night, I'm like, eh, I don't know if I like it, but let's let's see how it plays out over the next couple of weeks, and we'll right. find out if it was worthwhile or not. Mm-hmm. Until then, you just, that's all we can do. Next up, the Impact World Tag Team Championships were on the line in a four-way tag team extravaganza. Of course, your champions, the ABC, Ace Austin and Chris Bay, defending against Brian Myers and Moose, Rich Swan and Sammy Callahan, and Subculture, Mark Andrews and Flash Morgan Webster. This match got 10 minutes and 36 seconds at the end of the match. And your new Impact World Tag Team Champion, Subculture. So Mark Andrews, Flash Morgan Webster are your champions. How are you feeling about the match? How are you feeling about the new champs? Great match. Called it last week and had a feeling they were going to do it. And happy to see them do it because Subculture is a great team. Oh, absolutely. I thought it was their time. I love the fact that they really went out there. Uh, don't let the 10 minutes and 36 seconds fool mm-hmm. you. There was a lot of high spots, lots of dives, lots you know what you expected from everybody. 
uh, I made the comment during this match, man. I don't know why when he was kind of a free agent not that long ago, why AEW didn't go after Moose a little harder. Yeah. They have a lot of smaller cruiserweight-esque kind of guys, and Moose works very well as a base for them. Mm-hmm. And we saw that in this match time and time again. So that was kind of weird that they never went after Moose. Uh, although maybe Moose, was uh, his services weren't available. Maybe he's just happy in impact. It could be. I mean, I've sounded, it, it always sounds like he is very happy there. Well, next up, we got a grudge match of the ages. They got 17 minutes and 43 seconds, so that is actually the longest match on the entire card, I want to point out. Hmm. Eddie Edwards with Alicia Edwards defeated Frankie Kazarian with Tracy Brooks in his corner, 17 minutes and 43 seconds. Kind of insane that it got so much time. I was a fan because I'm a fan of both guys involved. I don't know if I would have given it the most time on the night, not saying anything bad against the guys. I thought it was a decent match, but I thought there was way better matches on the card. It, you know, it felt long, but it didn't feel that long. Like, that was the one thing. But obviously, when you have two pros like them in the ring, they're going to make up for a lot. So I thought, very solid match. I uh, love seeing Eddie get the win and waiting to see if this goes anywhere from here. Agreed. Agreed. Hopefully. Hopefully, this is not one of those stop and start kind of things. Yeah. Impact does is known to do that. I know that, they do that. That's what I'm hoping. Yeah, this is different. Next up, the Impact Knockouts World Championship on the line. Your champion, the virtuosa, Diana Parazzo, defending the title against Trinity. This match got 14 minutes, 25 seconds. At the end of the day, your new Impact Knockouts World Champion Trinity. Great moment. I'm a big fan of the Virtuosa. I, you know, we've said it before. We'll say it again. A lot of times they bring somebody in, and this is what you do. You strap them up. And, I mean, I get it. It is business, but I don't know. I would have been a bigger fan of Deanna Prasso. Nothing against Trinity. Mm-hmm. Just... Tiana Prata is a great wrestler. Oh, I agree with you completely. And this is something that Impact does, is they get a big free agent in and they get a belt very, very quickly. So it was a matter of time. I, I would not mind seeing this get ran back. And, you know, kudos to Trinity. So if you did the math, uh, go before we talk about some things in the main event, seven championship matches, mm-hmm. seven title changes. Yeah. They have eight championships, by the way, in Impact. Seven Championship matches, seven title changes. I that's got to be a record of some sort. I was going to say I don't think they've ever done that uh, like a near sweep the entire night. And we still have one more to talk about. Before we talk about that, impacted a couple of announcements going down. Uh, we got an announcement for Multiverse of uh, was it the the Multiverse United show mm-hmm. too? You know, coming up in Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. We got a great tag team warfare match. Yeah, as it's going to be Speedball Mike Bailey and the Ticking Time Bomb. Hamaru Takahashi taking on the brand new Impact Wrestling X Division champion Leo Rush and the former X Division champion Trey Miguel. That's going to be a great match. That's going to go down on August 20th. And then they also made an announcement that when they're back on one of their uh, solo Prem, uh, signature events, as we like to call them. You know, those are the $10 pay-per-views. They'll be back with Emergence. That will be going down on August 27th. And they have announced that in action on August 27th in Emergence will be none other than the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion Sonata. So some big announcements for uh, Impact going down. Making a lot of moves, but, you know, making the right moves because they're booking some very, very solid cards you need to go check out. Absolutely. And if you think about that, that's, you know, the return of Eric Young. Then we got two big announcements. So that's three announcements, three surprises. Mm. And we're not even done with the surprises because we got one more. Right. Let's talk about the main event, shall we? Let's of do it. Of course, the main event of the evening for the Impact World Championship, your champion, Alex Shelley, taking on the national treasure, Nick Aldis. This match got 16 minutes and 31 seconds. 
And still, your Impact World Champion, Alex Shelley, shocking the world. Mm -hmm. Everybody thought it was a done deal. We'll talk a little bit more about Nick Aldis in a minute. However, how did you feel about Alex Shelley being your still Impact World Champion? Happily surprised. I thought, much like everybody else, that Nick Aldis was going to walk away with the belt. But seeing them, you know, have and still, very shocking, but very happy to see, though. I was also happy to see a great match, too. By oh, the way. fantastic very, match. Very good match. Two great pro wrestlers. They went out there and put a show on. I was definitely shocked when we heard the three count and Alex Shelley got his hand raised. Not as shocked as when he won the belt, mm-hmm. but pretty still shocked. I mean, I guess you could say that his uh, his run has been shocking. Yes. They should just change his name to the Shockmaster Alex Shelley. <laughs> uh, but uh, all jokes aside, I said we had one more surprise. Because after Alex Shelley does a little bit of celebrating, which I thought it was weird. It did go on for a little bit. I thought the show was kind of over. Yeah. But then we got a music that we haven't heard in a while, Ken. Who has returned to Impact Wrestling? The walking weapon himself. And he just said, I'm back. Yep. That's all he said. So it looks like we're going to be setting up down the road for Alex Shelley versus the walking weapon, Josh Alexander. Because for the belt that he never lost. Mm Mm-hmm. Love it. The thing that's smart booking, I wonder if they can hold off till Bound for Glory, but I don't think they're going to wind up doing that. They might. They might do a couple different matches. I could see them uh, having Alex Shelley win again, shockingly, mm-hmm. and then go into the big match at Bound for the Glory. You know, you never know. Yeah. But uh, there's a little bit of uh, post news. Uh, after Impact Wrestling was over, actually a couple days, we found out that uh, Nick Aldis is uh, done with Impact Wrestling. Yeah, this is a surprise. Uh, the day after the pay-per-view, I guess he taped a match against Eric Young, and then that was the last on his contract with Impact Wrestling. And we're hearing already that World Wrestling Entertainment is very interested in Nick Aldis coming there. Well, it would be smart for them to add him to the roster. I think that he's been long overdue to get that chance to really shine on a big stage, such as WWE. But... If, you know, I'm not sure what's in his future, but I know with Impact, he's always somebody that can come back there and make an immediate impact, no pun intended, and to see where he's going to go now. I mean, I think that makes the only sense about him just, you know, stopping and going, so to speak here. Yeah, I was just kind of surprised that yeah. it was so quick. It was like I, he was there and he's gone. I thought it was, yeah, because I the way at least it came off that he was signed for a, like at least a long-term deal, like, you know, a year, I would say, originally. Like, that's how I, I interpreted it. Yeah, but nah, no. No, surprisingly. Just, very few dates, almost like a Matt Cardona, Matt Cardona and AEW deal. Yep. Well, that is going to do it for the opening contest of this week's 607 TWS. We're going to take our first break. When we come back, we're going to hit you with that indie roundup as part of our mid card. We're going to be talking game changer wrestling. We're going to be talking absolute intense wrestling. And we're also going to be talking some black label pro right after this break.
That is right, we are back for the mid-card of this week's edition of 607TWS. And of course, Ken's hitting that great bass line, sending y'all home happy. Yeah, get funky on you. All right, of course, the mid-card is brought to you by our good friends over at Fight.TV. More importantly, Fight Plus, where for $7.99 a month, you get the best, the very best, in independent pro wrestling action. Of course, companies like Game Changer Wrestling, Black Label Pro, Pro Wrestling Revolver, House of Glory Wrestling, uh, <laughs> Glory Pro Live, you name it, it's there. And there's more getting added, AIW, there's more getting added all the time. You get archives, you get live events, you get replays, you get it all, Ken M. It is the best deal in combat sports, let alone one of the best deals in all of streaming, period. So if you're looking for content, that covers a wide variety of uh, physical activity, we should say, because obviously we're talking bare knuckle fighting, we're talking uh, slap boxing. Yeah, they got slap boxing, they got bare knuckle fighting, they got rugby, soccer. You name it, they got it. There's so much on there that, seriously, for the price of admission alone, you can find something you like. And especially if you're into pro wrestling, it is a must-have. Absolutely. So thank you for sponsoring the mid-card. Of course, let's hit that indie roundup up. And we're going to start off on Friday night with a review of Game Changer Wrestling's Now and Forever from the Melrose Ballroom in New York City, Queens, New York, to be precise. And I got to say, every time I get to hear that uh, Chainsmokers... New York song in the beginning of the GCW event. Mm -hmm. They do it very well. It's awesome when we're there live. It's awesome when we're not there live because, I mean, they've played that open for the world on GCW. They played it when we were down there for another show at the Melrose Ballroom. It's just a wonderful GCW open. Yeah, it's the perfect way to open the shows in New York City. Absolutely. I Mm -hmm. love it. And never changed. Never changed, Brett. Never changed that. Uh, The opening contest was a five-man scramble match where surprise entrant... The root of all evil, Charles Mason with Pero in his corner, defeated the East Coast Beast, Alec Price, Brandon Toon, Cole Raderick, and Marcus Mathers in eight minutes, nine seconds. Continuing on with this whole root of all evil, I mean, who's hated more in the Northeast than Charles Mason? Nobody. Like, he has filled in the the best indie heel in the business right now, I think. Is that fair to say? I would almost say he's the best heel in the business. He's, he's in that conversation. Whole. Yeah, he's in that conversation. But on the independent scene, nobody's coming near him. Yeah, I think on the independence, nobody's coming close, even even close to it. But he could be an argument for the whole. Speaking of people being on the whole, we had a mixed tag team extravaganza as the king and queen of the death match, Matt Cardona and Steph DeLander, defeated Bussy, Ali Catch, and Effie in 10 minutes and 7 seconds. Big upset. But, of course, cheat to win Cardona and DeLander. Although a little dissension in the ranks because, uh, you know, Steph DeLander got the lip lock put on her by Allie Catch, and she uh, got broken up by Cardona a couple times. She's very hot about it mm-hmm. with Cardona. Seems like she was very happy with her relationship with Allie Catch. There. Yeah. So good job for Allie. And uh, at the end of the day, we still had to hear them talk shit. Yep. Next up, we had a triple threat lucha, lucha, lucha match. Gringo Loco defeated Arez and Commander nine minutes and one seconds and good lord. How good? How it, good was this match? It's the best it's the best place in the United States to watch Lucha is definitely Game Changer Wrestling. Facts. We'll call it extreme lucha if you want. It's it's amazing. They do they nobody does it better in the States. Mm-hmm. Next on the list, the old Mancer, the Southern Psychopath, Mance Warner, defeated the legend. <laughs> 
George South, six minutes and 35 seconds. By the way, George South cutting a promo about how he still hates New York City. Yeah. I mean, what can you say about this match? It, it, it is what it is. It, it's got to be also noted that the crowd did chant, please come back yes. to George South. Yes. Next up, the Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Championships were on the line. Your champions, the East-West Express, Jordan Oliver and the newly all-elite Nick Wayne. Took on the Bookers, Amazing Red, and Brian XL, who are also the House of Glory tag team champions. They had the Ultra Violette in their corner. This match got 16 minutes and 56 seconds at the end of the day. And still your Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Champions, the East-West Express. And by the way, how weird was it to see, for the first time in my lifetime, the Amazing Red getting booed in New York City? It goes to show that... When we make that comparison that GCW is the new ECW, that if you are a homegrown talent, much like the East-West Express are, that that will overtake some of the legends you see come back in, like the Amazing Red. GCW gets up for their their homegrown talent like nobody else, and especially in New York City, it was weird to see. But once I started thinking about it like that, I'm like, okay, this makes a lot of sense. Absolutely. Now, I'm just going to throw it out there. It was really, It was really an awesome moment. It was great to see Nick Wayne and Jordan Oliver both walk out. Still, your Game Changer Wrestling World Tag Team Champions. Jordan Oliver, of course, is now going to Japan, as we're going to talk about in a minute. Mm-hmm. Game Changer Wrestling is there. Uh, now, this was one of my favorite matches of the weekend. She's not just the cutest. She's not just the hippest. She is Maki Ito. It's Maki Death Kill, bitch. And she took uh, she defeated Billy Starks 15 minutes and 16 seconds. Great match, by the way. Love this match. Very good match. At the end of the match, though, Nick Gage would come out to celebrate with Maki Ito. They would lay down the challenge to Matt Cardona and Steph Delander for homecoming coming up soon here in August. Mm-hmm. And on the on the screen, we got the response from Delander and Cardona. But while they were responding on the screen, they jumped Maki Ito and Nick Gage from behind. In an homage to an old WWE trick, remember the is this yep. is this live or is it Memorex? And here it was. They did the Cardona did the trick. By the way, Cardona earlier in the night coming out as the indie taker. I forgot to mention that. Yeah. Uh, and uh, it's so it's on now. Now this all we've all built. We decided what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Maki Ito and uh, Nick Gage taking on Matt Cardona and Steph Delander at Homecoming. A very cool moment to run back because obviously you remember the first time Cardona took on Nick Gage. How much that put GCW on the map. And it was at homecoming. Yep. And Nick Gage lost. He lost the GCW World Championship in that ravenous building. Mm-hmm. He said he's got unfinished business there. So I think he does. And I think it's going to be interesting. I'm assuming there will be uh, some deathmatch elements to this match. Oh, absolutely. Next up, in probably the match of the night, Speedball, Mike Bailey, defeats the Japanese legend, Yoshihiko, 23 minutes, 28 seconds. Of course, Mao Callis was in the corner of Speedball Mike Bailey for this match and didn't make himself known. I got to throw this out there. This was a genius match. For mm-hmm. those of you who don't know, Yoshihiko is a sex doll. Yeah. And Yoshihiko, though, has a great run because he's had match great matches with everybody. The top tier of anybody who's ever been in DDT, including Kota Ibushi, including Kenny Omega, and he had a great and he had a great match with uh, the one and only Speedball Mike Bailey. And uh, the fact that they were paying homage to Osprey Omega too, that went down at Forbidden Door, as many of the spots that they could do in the right order as well, was interesting. Match of the year candidate, 
nine stars, easy. What a match. And just paying homage to the instant classic of Omega and Osprey. This match did nothing wrong. And if you didn't like it, I'm sorry, you just don't like pro wrestling. I agree. Uh, somewhere as we were watching this match, I was like, Jim, Carnet- Jim Cornette is having an aneurysm. Oh, yeah. Next up on the card for the Game Changer Wrestling World's Championship, your champion, all heart, Blake Christian, defended the title against Mao, 14 minutes and 20 se- 21 seconds. It looked like Mao was going to get the win, mm-hmm. but Blake pulled it out like he, he's, he's known to hit that second gear, and he pulled it out. Yeah, no, this was a great match, and you know what can you say about Blake is getting that time to run with the belt, and he's really making something happen. Absolutely, and in your main event of the evening, your first ballot. Women's, well, not just women's, fuck that, independent wrestling Hall of Famer, first woman in as well. Uh, Lufisto went one-on-one with Utami Hayashida. Hayashida defeated Lufisto 16 minutes and 36 seconds. By the way, the legend came out, and Lufisto had a great match. Hayashida, what, what can I say? Yeah. She's been impressive with her run in GCW from being in the States. I heard she wrestled for Ring of Honor as well, uh, but her GCW run was fucking amazing in this match. Well-deserved main event. Absolutely. Could not agree more. Well, that is doing it for the only show from Game Changer Wrestling this past weekend, but we're going to preview a few shows coming up. I have some caveats. So GCW is in Japan. That's Mm -hmm. right. They are in Japan, Tokyo, Japan, to be exact. And there is going to be three shows from Tokyo, Japan we're going to talk about. They are not going to be live on fight. They are all going to air the same day. So over, like, basically, when you're looking at a, a card that starts at like 8 p.m. Eastern Standard, or sorry, 8 p.m. Japanese time, mm-hmm. Eastern Standard Time here in the states, that usually puts it at like three or four in the morning. Give take, yeah. So it's it's a little harder to obviously have people live. So Fight knows this. So instead of doing them live, Fight is airing them the same night at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Uh, which is smart. States. Which is smart. Which is smart. So. If you're wondering why they're not live, it's because all of them will start at 7 p.m. Eastern time in the States. It's fine. And it probably also helps because I don't know if they have, I mean, fight's pretty big, but I don't know if they have the the the, the power, if you will, to mm-hmm. do a, you know, cross the ocean pay-per-view right. live. I may be wrong. I'm not judging fight. Sure, so sure. But our but, friends over at fight, I'm not, I'm not shitting on you. I'm just saying you're not a major, you know, you're not like a pay-per-view company. We don't know your capabilities. We're just assuming going off the knowledge we have. But I also think this is smart because yes. of that. So mind you, so all these will not be live. So let's start off with the event that's going down on Tuesday, July the 18th. Hmm. It is called GCW, the new face of war 2023 from Shinkiba first ring in Tokyo, Japan. Uh, here's the matches that we have announced so far. You ready? Yeah, let's do it. In a six-way scramble match, Minoru Fujita versus Kikatoro versus Gringo Loco versus Jimmy Lloyd versus Dragon Libre versus, and you're going to love this, Teriyaki. Whoa. We are taking Teriyaki let's to Japan. Let's go. That is a great six-way. That's awesome. I am so happy for Teriyaki. Hell yeah, me too. Next up, six-man tag team extravaganza. Mama Saseki, Tomayo Harada, and Toro Seguri take on the team of Los Macisos, Ciclope Miedo Extremo, and the Duke of Hardcore, John Wayne Murdoch. Love it. This is going to be a war. That's going to be insane. Next, we have a singles match, Daisuke Masaka versus the Iron Demon, Shane Mercer. That's going to get out of control in a hurry. In a tag team match. Match for featuring the women of GCW. 
Also, the way you could say the women of uh, Japan, but all of these are GCW names as well. The team of Charlie Evans and Sawyer Ruck take on Masha Slamovich and the GCW Ultra Violent Champion Rina Yamasha. I love it. It's going to be a great match. Great match. Mm hmm. Next up, in a singles match, Masashi Takata goes one-on-one with the bad boy, Joey Janela. Okay. And in what I'm assuming is the main event of the evening, although they'd like to move these around, the Game Changer Wrestling World Championship on the line, all heart Blake Christian goes one-on-one with Shingahiro Eerie. Ooh. So the very next day, which is Wednesday, July tw- uh, 19th, we get GCW Planet Death, 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Fight TV from Shin Kiba First Ring, Tokyo, Japan. Mm-hmm. You ready to talk about this one? Absolutely. This is a hell of a death match. By the way, I think most of these are death matches. I don't know if all of them will be, but I think most of them are. So the one that is listed as a straight death match is a six-person Death. Oh, is it? Yes, six-person death match. As it is the Freedoms team of Tayuka Yuki, Tsuke Sakuda, and Violento Jack, taking on Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy F and Lloyd, and Los Maciso, Ciclope and Miedo Extremo. Hmm. Next up in a six-man tag team extravaganza match: Daisuke Masoka, Asami Kadaka, and Yuko Miyamoto take on the team of Charlie Evans. The GCW Ultraviolent Champion, Rina Yamasha, and Sawyer Wreck. Oh, let's go. Another six-man tag team extravaganza features Takeshi Sasaki, Tomoya Harada, and Toru Saguri taking on the Game Changer Wrestling World Champion, All Heart Blake Christian, Gringo Loco, and the bad boy, Joey Janela. Ooh. Next on the list, Shingahiro Erie goes one-on-one with the Iron Demon, Shane Mercer. Okay. Mashi Takeda goes one-on-one with Masha Slamovich. Mm. And in what I'm assuming is the main event of the evening, and they don't have this label as a death match, but let's be fucking real. The Duke of Hardcore, John Wayne Murdoch, goes one-on-one with the legendary crazy monkey, June Kasai. Yeah, that's got to be a death match. Yeah. <laughs> and by the way, Wednesday, uh, Thursday, July 20th, just so you know, Freedom's uh, has a GCW versus Freedoms night. They don't have anything listed for it, but that will also be 7 p.m. Eastern on Fight.tv. Fight Plus. If you have Fight Plus, $7.99. Mm-hmm. Boom, get it all. How you feeling about the Japanese cards for Game Changer Wrestling? That's going to be some very, very solid shows. So if you get a chance to check it out, make sure to do it. I want to point out that's not even all we got to talk about in the mid card. Oh, no. Oh, no, Ken. We got another huge card to talk about. Hmm. Because on Saturday, this, this past Saturday, it's a review. July the 15th. AIW, Absolute Intense Wrestling, presented their biggest show of the year, Absolution 16, from the Tadmore Shrine in Akron, Ohio, and it was packed to the rafters. It was one hell of a crowd, ready to talk about the show. Let's do it. In a dark match that we didn't get to see because it was for the live crowd only, Tyson Riggs defeated Sydney Von England. Now let's jump into the main card. Tag Team Warfare, Dominic Garini tagged with his students, Shaw Mason, and they defeated Brian Carson and PB Smooth, eight minutes and 20 seconds. And this has been a war that's been building. Great storytelling. Love the fact that Shaw Mason got the victory. Yeah. Next up, six-way scramble match. Uh, The surprise entrant, Vic Vice, defeated Austin James, the scramble match god, Chase Oliver, the returning Dr. Daniel C. Rockingham, Lewis Linden, and the return to AIW. This is where he trained Trey Lamar. 
Big surprise. A- 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 AIW fans were nuts for it. 12 minutes and 38 seconds. Vic Vice does get the win. He's a young up-and-comer. This was his first absolution, so congratulations to him. But the return of Trey Lamar. That's huge. And he says he's going to be coming back more. So that's awesome. Next up, in a war, Ziggy Haim defeated Jocelyn Navarro 11 minutes and 25 seconds. They These two ladies broke it all out. Thumbtacks. They had chairs. Wow. Ziggy Haim was wearing that proverbial crimson mask. Mm-hmm. Very good match there, both women. The women of uh, AIW school is great. At the end of the match, Katie Arquette came out and kind of jumped Ziggy Haim a little bit. So hmm. Katie Arquette's uh, still in the picture there. Next up, eight-man tag team extravaganza. On one side, you had Cassius King, Elijah Dean, Eric Taylor, the Duke, and Zach Nystrom. And they defeated Balking Season, Arthur MacArthur, Chuck Stone, Hardway Holloway, and the blonde blur, Mikey Montgomery, 16 minutes, 13 seconds. Of course, they kind of cheated to win because the Duke's posse, of course, Mikey Montgomery. We finally got to see Mikey Montgomery get his hands on his former tag team partner, Eric Taylor. But that wasn't the story of the match. The big man, Sam Holloway. Gotta love him. Hardway, Holloway. This guy, kid has got to be 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, mm-hmm. Easy. He's a big kid. Mm. And he did a jump from the mat spring to the top rope, springboard to the outside. Wow. It was phenomenal. It made us rounds around the internet. Mm. I'm a big fan of Hardway, Holloway. And he's only been doing this for like a year. Well, not counting That's training. crazy to think about. He's in his rookie season. He's doing great. Speaking of a young team coming up, members only, Calvin G. Lewis and Malcolm Cambridge defeated to Infinity and Beyond, Cheech and Colin Delaney, 12 minutes and 31 seconds. To Infinity and Beyond got the jump on him in the back, and the young kids finally pulled it out through the match, though. Cheech and Colin giving the kids respect. Yeah. I think they earned the respect of the veterans that night. It's a huge move. In a match that got a little stipulation added to it, title for title. The Juggalo Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Championship against the Bonejaw name. (laughs) That's right. So Joshua Bishop, your Juggalo Championship Wrestling Champion, defending against Filthy Tom Lawler, who also likes to call himself Bonejaw. Mm. So he will no longer be able to call himself Bonejaw if he loses. Well, this match got 9 minutes and 32 seconds. By the way, Joshua Bishop was a bloody mess. There was blood everywhere. Like, it looked like a murder scene. I, I, I saw pictures. pictures. I saw pictures. Anyways, the match was great, though. At the end of the day, Joshua Bishop is still your Jer- Juggalo Championship Wrestling Heavyweight Champion and the owner of the Bonejaw title. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if he's ever going to call himself Bonejaw. Right, but, but you know, hey. You never know. Next up, the two, uh, the first of the two main events, or the semi-main, whatever you would like to call it. AIW intense title on the line. Your champion, the director, Derek Dillinger, with Ziggy Heyman in his corner. Yeah, she went through that war. It's still cornered Derek That's Dillinger. That's insane. And he took on our good friend, the Maserati, Wes Barkley. This match got 22 minutes, 37 seconds. And at the end of the day, your new AIW intense champion, Maserati West Barkley. I sent out the big congratulation to him. Mm-hmm. Uh, he responded back. It's always awesome. Uh, I love West Barkley. I think he's one of the most underrated workers Absolutely. in all of wrestling, not just indies, but all of wrestling. And it's great that he got his due. We've been watching this story for a long time. Build up. Him as intense champions, awesome. What's your thoughts? Absolutely love seeing him get the belt. Long overdue. Like we've been watching him for so long now, and finally get that chance to get in that spotlight. Absolutely awesome moment. And in the main event of the evening, 
For the AIW Absolute Championship, your champion, always ready, Matt Cardona, with Bill Alfonso and Steph DeLander in his corner, taking on the number one contender, Isaiah Bronner. Listen, Cardona learned some lessons this night. Yeah. And one of those lessons is that maybe you should treat your help better than you do. Hmm. Because at one point in juncture in this match, he got in trouble, and it looked like Isaiah Bronner was going to pull it off, and Fonzie was down, and DeLander was down, and he called upon PME. PME came to the ring in neck braces because remember both of them had taken Steiner screwdrivers mm-hmm. from Bronner. Right. In neck braces, they tried to pile on and help him win. Doesn't work. And then Cardona gets upset. Slail gives him a little slappy slappy. PME, though, when Cardona turns around, reveals that the necks aren't as injured as we thought and takes out Matt Cardona and then tells. Bronner, go for it, big man. He hits him with the killer lariat for the one, two, three at the 22 minute, 34 second park to become your new AIW absolute champion, Isaiah Bronner. It was a beautiful moment. Mm-hmm. I fucking loved it. I thought the story was perfect. Indie wrestling wise, you couldn't have done a better better job in this match. I loved it. No, you've been calling it for weeks and like, I agree with you. I think this was just a perfect indie storyline and wrapped up nicely here to get the end new. Just giving a little shout out here to AIW real quick, because we still, we're going to talk about black label pro in a minute. Uh, Cause they got upcoming events this weekend, but just like a little shout out here to AIW. If you notice, there wasn't too many names from outside. Mm-hmm. A lot of those talents come through AIW all the time. A lot of them were students, even if they weren't students, that is a testament to what they've built there at AIW. Absolutely. And for a show to not have, you know, obviously Matt Cardona was on the card mm-hmm. and Eric Bischoff was there for a signing. Not, you know, he came out and said hi to the crowd, but nothing sure. in the event. But like outside of that, you have nothing but, you know, and Filthy Tom Lawler. But Filthy Tom Lawler has been working for AIW for so long. I just feel like he's a roster. Yeah. Player. Like he's been there for years now. Mm-hmm. So when you look at it, these are talents that the crowd knows. And they put on their biggest show of the year, and it was compelling. There was storytelling, and there's a lot of things that ended up there on that show, and there's a lot of things they're getting added to on that show. Kudos to them. John Thorne and company. You got to give John Thorne and company their flowers because I think AIW doesn't get enough credit for what they do, and consistently they're putting on good shows. They're doing their storylines, and for being an indie, they do them very, very well, and that's a testament to the team over there. That every time you watch a show, like, yeah, you might not get the biggest name in comparison to some other promotions. Sure. But the fans are invested. It's easy to jump in if you're a new viewer to know who's a face, who's a heel. They do their craft very, very well. There's something for everybody there. And I think that this was a testament to, like, how that card is because I've been catching up on it on replays. And, honestly, I have never been disappointed watching AIW. I was going to throw out there for AIW and a a selling point. If you haven't watched and you should watch it. They have had a lot of guys who have gone on to do big things, go on to the next level. Mm -hmm. Some of these kids, like there's a lot of these kids that are the, you know, not the new generation of students that they have, but the generation before that, that were chained by Johnny Gargano. This was Johnny Gargano's home promotion. Candice LeRae was there all the time. Tyler Black. 
aka Seth Rollins was it was one of his main promotions when he was in the Indies. Mm-hmm. Uh, the man that you see that we now know as Corey Graves when he started his wrestling career, it was at AIW. Of course, there was a big shout out after the after Monday Night Raw went off the air that went all over the internet with uh, Kevin Owens when they were in Cleveland putting mm-hmm. over John Thorne and Chandler Biggins, who is no longer with us, uh, unfortunately, and in AIW as one of his homes. Like this is like a place that has had a lot of history and a lot of guys go through who have either gone on to be the bigger names in the Indies or that you watch on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Friday, mm-hmm. Saturday, whatever. Absolutely. Day, on one of the bigger promotions, AEW, WWE, you know, et cetera. And, and I can't say enough about this is one of those places you should be watching on the ground floor. Mm-hmm. And if you're looking for something more, even if you're an AEW fan, but you still want a little more wrestling, you might not like WWE. This is in your wheelhouse. Right. That's a very similar style. I mean, it's not, it doesn't have the violence that Game Changer Wrestling is. I understand that we talked about, you know, Joshua Bishop bleeding buckets in, in the match. Sure. But it was a blow off match. Right. And it was, you know, even though it was a bloody match. Blood it was still, made sense to the story. But it made sense to the story. With him and Tom Lawler, mm-hmm. and also on top of that, it it still it didn't detract from anything. Yeah, you know, and so it's just really good. I just I just can't put over AIW enough, and I don't think that John Thorne and the and the crew there, the wrestlers, the guys in the back, get the 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 due that they deserve. So give them their flowers all day. Absolutely. Speaking of a company that doesn't get their flowers necessarily all the time, coming up on July twenty second, which is Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Black Label Pro returns, and as you know, Black Label Pro likes to do two shows. Mm-hmm. They do a matinee and they do a night show. So every time they do an event, it's two events. I kind of like that. I dig it. Yeah. Uh, their first, and one of them is usually, they kind of split them pretty equally. The matinee show is called Unplugged, and it goes down at 12 p.m. Central Time. So that would be 1 p.m. Eastern, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. And that will be from the Berwyn Eagles Club in Berwyn, Illinois. This is their first time there. Okay. So they got two events going down. Let's talk about them. First of all, we got the BLP Tag Team Championships on the line as the your champions, the Bang Bros, take on Latinos Most Wanted. Okay. Next up, we got a match between Rico Gonzalez and Hayden Backlund. Ooh, okay. Next, we have Xavier Sky taking on Trick Davis. All right. That's going to be a really That's going to be a real good match. One half of Violence is Forever. Kevin Koo goes one-on-one with TJ Crawford. Okay. Uh, members only. We just talked about them. Mm. Take on Twist and Flip in a tag team match between four young men. That's going to be one to watch. Next up, Angelo Carter takes on A-game Joseph Alexander in a one-on-one match. Okay. Next on the card, Rocket, which we've seen in GCW mm. and we really like him. He's going to take on Ash Bennett in a one-on-one extravaganza. Oh, that'll be a good match. This is going to be one for the ages, literally. Dan the Dad versus CPA. Oh, Jesus. I'm all for that match. Hell That's going to yeah. be one of the most entertaining matches you see all weekend. Uh, next up, Angelo Carter takes on Chase Holiday. And then, oh, we got two more matches, sorry. Uh, in a scramble match, Victor Analog takes on Govera de Raisons, takes on... Group A takes on Annika Murphy, takes on Percy Drews, take on, takes on Gaston LaRue. Hell of a fucking match for young kids. That's going to be Those are one. all young kids, and they're all on the up and come. And last but not least, Dex Royale and Highlight Reel take on Country Air and Izo Orlande. That's going to be a great, great way to end the evening. But that's not all. I remember I said there's a matinee show, mm-hmm. and then there's a night show. Are you ready to talk about the night show? Let's do it. 
So on the night show, it is called National Lampoon or National Slampoon, sorry. Hmm. Wrestling Vacation 2. Of course, that is also going down at the Berwyn Eagles Club, 4.30 p.m. Central Time, so 5.30 p.m. Eastern. How about this match? The angry Amish man, Levi Everett, goes one-on-one with Sawyer Wreck. Oh, geez, let's go. And then we have a tag team extravaganza as Darius Luttrell and Trevor Outlaw take on Matt Brannigan in the Warlord. That's right. What? That Warlord. <laughs> uh, that's not it. Filthy Tom Lawler goes one-on-one with Camaro Jackson. Oh, God, that's going to be a phenomenal match. Tell me that's not going to be one of the matches of the night. Hell, yeah. The weekend. Easy. 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 Next up, Billy Starks goes one-on-one with former NXT UK superstar Zaya Brookside. Oh, wow. Zaya's making her return to the States and to the Indies. That's, She's taking on Billy Starks. That's a sleeper match of the weekend right there. Making her debut at Black Label Pro, the international pop star Becca goes one-on-one with Rachel Armstrong. Okay. That's going to be a great match. Mm-hmm. It's just kind of, it's always funny uh, doing the whole Becca gimmick. Yeah. Speaking of international superstars, though, Shaza McKenzie goes one-on-one with Mi Young Jali. Okay. That's going to be a great match. Mm-hmm. Don't sleep on that match at all. Next up, the other ha- half of Violence is Forever, Dominic Guarini, goes against Mad Dog Conley. Okay. Now we get into the two title fights. You ready for them? Let's do it. For the BLP Midwest Championship, your champion, the big man, Joshua Bishop, defends that title against former champion, Calvin Tankman. That's going to be a phenomenal match. Get ready. Put them mouth guards in. Mm-hmm. And in the main event of the evening for the Black Label Pro Championship, your champion, the king of wreck shit mountain, Cole Radrick, goes one-on-one with Aramis. Ooh. This is going to be a great match. Very good match. Very good event. If you've never checked out Black Label Pro, these are the events to do it. Agreed. Some really good young talent. That's their first time in Berwyn, Illinois, at the Berwyn Eagles Club, which is a great venue for wrestling. I've seen plenty of uh, companies run out of there. Mm-hmm. So it's a very good venue for wrestling. Cannot wait to see these two entries into the Black Label Pro uh, Dynasty. That is, of course, on Fight Plus, live on Fight Plus. $7.99 a month. You can't keep arguing that it's the greatest value in all of pro wrestling. Next week, we'll be reviewing those shows and previewing what's coming next over there on Fight Plus. But that's going to do it for this week's mid-card featuring the Indie Roundup. It is now time to take our final break, Ken. And when we come back, we are talking about the main event segment. We're going to talk about AEW. There's some news coming out. They had a huge weekend with the finals of the Owen Hart Tournament and one of their best tag team matches that has possibly been seen in the United States of America in a very long time. Mm-hmm. On top of that, Ring of Honor's got a pay-per-view coming up and more, so we got a hodgepodge of things to talk about in the land of elite after this final break.
wrestling fans, are you ready? Let's get ready to rumble! That's right, it's time to rumble. It's time for the main event of this week's edition of 607TWS. And Ken, this week in the main event, we're talking about the elite. The, the, the elite. elite. That's right, all elite wrestling. There's a lot of news coming out of all elite wrestling, mm-hmm. which is not necessarily a bad thing. Right. I, I don't I don't think any of these stories are too egregious, if you will. Mm. There's only one that I kind of like, eh, whatever, but we'll talk about that in a minute. Let's start off by talking about some news and then work our way into the events that went down this past weekend and looking forward to Ring of Honor, uh, Death Before Dishonor okay. 2023, shall we? So let's start off with Fightful reporting. Uh, Fightful Select, that is. Sean Ross Sapp and company reporting that has learned the WBD has been in favor of expanding AEW's pay-per-view schedule significantly. The full story would go on to say that WBD would like to have AEW run possibly up to monthly pay-per-views. So I'm going to start off by saying before we get into the, uh, there's a little bit of a conspiracy theory that was started by somebody. I don't even know if it's conspiracy and more of an opinion that I kind of half agree with. We'll get to that in a minute. Mm. Let's just take this on the surface. 12 pay-per-views at $50 a month. What are you thinking, Ken M? (laughs) No no way. Absolutely not. I mean, in the current format, I I get that they could go to streaming. Sure. But they didn't say anything about streaming here. They said pay-per-views. Right. If they're keeping up the same business model that they have currently, 50 bucks a month, no. You're, I'm sorry. I, when you look at the other competitors in your market and they're doing it for less and getting a little more value, in my opinion, in comparison to certain shows, I'm sorry. I'm not dropping 50 bucks. It's going to be hard. Yeah. It's going to be hard for most wrestling fans, especially like those of us covering. Mm-hmm. Like, we're not getting freebies from AEW. We're not. We getting, never have. <laughs> we never have. We've always put, you know, our money where our mouth is. And it's a, it's a hard thing. And I know a lot of you come to us for, and it's not that we won't give you the reviews. It's going to suck to pay $50 a month for AEW pay per views if that's the choice. Mm-hmm. So here comes a the conspiracy theory, if you will. Sure. And this was brought on by Eric Bischoff in Say What You Will About the Man, very smart businessman. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know if I always agree with Eric, but there's some times, and especially in business, he said that the wording of the release, and he put over, by the way, giving credit where credit's due, Eric put over Sean Ross Sapp. He said that, hey, in a world of like, terrible journalists and wrestling. He's actually one of the better ones. Mm -hmm. Uh, He said, you know, it's not like Dave and Brian where, you know, there's an ax to grind. He actually gives you things. So kudos to Sean Ross Sapp for being put over by uh, Eric Bischoff. We have put over Sean Ross Sapp. There's times where the thing is there's times where he gets in his little feels and he wants to be petty, not to us, but it kind of looks bad when he's like calling people out and calling them idiots on his personal account. It is what it is, Sean. You know, I've, I've said stuff to you before and it's been cordial. It's not Mm -hmm. been, I've never had that issue with him. I just think that sometimes he should just not read the comments. Right. And, you know, because he does well when he's reporting on things. Mm-hmm. He's not a bad reporter, believe it or not. Like, and he's been right a lot of the times. Mm-hmm. I give him his credit for doing his due diligence. That's why we will run with Fightful Reports, and we always give him credit for it. Sure. And I can't say the same as favor has been ran by certain people for us. Because mm-hmm. uh, I've heard exactly what I've said on certain shows, and I'm not going to talk about that. We'll yeah. talk about it. That's a different time. <laughs> That's and a different time. So, and they know who they are, mm-hmm. and they've and they've apologized and all this. But let's just say there's people out there that you find folks are paying $5, $10, $15 a month for who are listening to 607TWS and taking my points or Ken's points and regurgitating to, you, to, to them to you for money. So if you think you've heard it before here – 
and you heard it here first, there's a reason why somebody else is talking. It has been confronted, and I'm not going to give them any other press than that. Exactly. Just throwing it out there. However, uh, let's get back to the, the, the lecture at hand, if you will. Sure. Uh, Bischoff had posted that, hey, he said this on his show, uh, uh, the, the, the financial show he does with John Alba every week. He said, hey, uh, listen, this is what's going to happen. Like, Obviously, WBD owns a piece of AEW. And Alba was like, well, what do you mean? He goes, well, why would they be worried about pay-per-view revenue at WBD if they didn't own a piece? And, of course, John Alba, to his credit, said, well, you know, BR Live. Does it. He was like, yeah, yeah. But BR Live is not the only carrier of their pay-per-views. Mm-hmm. Internationally, they're carried on Fight. They're carried on regular pay-per-view. They're carried on YouTube television pay-per-view because it's the same as regular right. pay-per-view for the most part. And there's a couple other devices. I do believe Sling also has a pay-per-view offer. I could be wrong. I think so, but one yeah, of, don't one of, the, one of those companies does. Mm-hmm. I'm not sure if it's Sling or not, so don't quote us. But there's another one of the companies. I know YouTube TV definitely Yes. Because you, you can order their pay-per-views from there. Right. And I, I agree with Eric Bischoff here. Like, if you're looking at the numbers alone, right. why are they interested in the pay-per-view buy rates in, in the revenue side of it if they don't have a taste? Well, it's the same thing when they had the YouTube shows uh, Dark and Dark Elevation moved and condensed for collision. Like, it just, on, on paper, it looks like they have a vested interest, more so than just being the home of AEW programming. No. In my opinion. Not a play devil's advocate. Sure. And it's not even devil's advocate. Sorry, I shouldn't even say devil's advocate. I apologize for that because I that's not what I mean here. To, to, to put it in perspective, this is not necessarily a bad thing for Tony Khan and AEW. Oh, no, it's not insulting at all. So this is not insulting at all to say that WBD might own a piece and that, that maybe that's what Tony gave up in return for the time slots and et cetera, et cetera. And that's fine. Mm-hmm. That's fine. But my only problem with this is WBD's hemorrhaging money instead of doing the smart thing, in my opinion, and putting it on max, their reasoning now is, Hey, maybe we can get some extra revenue because we're fledgling in money. So whatever our cut of it is, is at least some money in the pocket. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Somebody's got to play for that flash bombing. Yes. Am I, am I wrong? No, you're, no, you're right. I mean, that's what I say. Like, it's very interesting to see about the setup for this. And like how it all plays out. But like I say, just looking on the, doing the litmus test, so to speak, getting the temp in the room. That's what it does look like to me. Just my opinion. Yeah. So that's, that's the first thing. Let's go on now to another piece of news that was interesting timing for this. Also from Fightful Select. And uh, this is regarding a list of banned outright things in AEW and then also frowned upon things. Now, mind you, this is happening a week before Blood and Guts. Yeah. Which the name says it all, right? Mm-hmm. And we're going to be talking about Blood and Guts in a minute. Don't worry. We're going to be breaking that motherfucker down. All right. But here it is. Uh, according to Fightful, and I'm going to read right from this. This is exactly quotes from Fightful. Specifically, a document was sent out that outright banned unprotected chair shots to the head, shots to the back of the head, buckle bombs, and blind moves backwards into the turnbuckle, Fencing responses, and then in parentheses, unnatural position of arms following a concussion, seizure cells, spitting, bleeding in the crowd, weapons or projectiles in the crowd, taking drinks or food from guests in the crowd, Hmm. or physical contact with the crowd. We're told that nothing with blood on it should be thrown into the crowd. That is, end quote, for the outright banned. Uh, obviously, uh, taking stuff from the fans, that would be an MJF. Uh, mm-hmm. But everything else, uh, how do you feel about that? I mean, I feel for safety of the performers that they're not bad rules. I agree. 
I think it's one thing that we've always had a very honest stance about is sometimes using more cautious moves will not take away from a match. And we've seen cases over the years where it, it on paper and like just what we even see, I shouldn't even say on paper. We've seen a lot of dangerous spots that we always say is like, was that really even necessary? So I think for the powers of be stepping in and regulating this a little bit, I think is very smart. And I think that especially if you're trying to grow your audience, being safer instead of a little more freelance about it, I think is a, is a good play. So there's another part of this that is an outright band, but uh, the best way for me to explain it is these are moves that are, they're not supposed to be done unless they are approved by medical, legal, the coaching staff, or Tony Khan himself. Uh-huh. All right. So here it is. And this is once again from Fightful. So I'm going to read this just directly there. It's not quotes. They had bullet points for this, but it's directly from Fightful. But that is kind of the setup for it. Ready? Mm-hmm. Spots and bumps on the ring apron and outside. Table, ladder, chair spots in and out of the ring, only allowed with padding. Any elevated spots outside of the barricades, dives, and ladder spots on stage, around the arena, and other places outside of the ring. All pile driver slash tombstone variations, including, including sit-down drivers, inverted poison hurricanes, and vertebrakers. High-risk dives or top-rope moves, 450, 630, double moonsault, SSP, etc. Intentional bleeding of any sort, not just blading. Hmm. That was a big loophole. We'll get to that in a minute. Throwing people into, through, over, ring steps, commentary table, bell table, or guardrails, barricade, weapons, usage. Chairs, pipes, candlesticks, hammers, ring bells, bats, chains, etc. title belts. Thumbtacks, skewers, barbed wire, and other sharp puncturing objects, or powders, aerosols, sprays, or liquids. Throwing any weapons or object, chairs, etc. Choking, strangling with hands or a weapon, or hanging spots. Injury spots or angles, whether or not medical is involved, slash call to the ring. Any physicality in the crowd or crowd brawling. Any physicality involving referees, managers, extras, celebrities, or special guests. By the way, so this list down here, I love this list. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to tell you why. These aren't banned. But I think that finally... Tony Khan and company are going, we're seeing the same shit in multiple matches, which me and you have criticized and other people have criticized for the entirety of AEW. Mm -hmm. If you notice, all of those things are specific things that if they're going to happen in a match, they want them to happen in just one match or maybe two, depending upon, you know, the night and what's going on, i.e., the use of weapons. Yes. And they're not going to get rid of using weapons. I mean, they did ban the unprotected chair shots, which should be banned. Absolutely. To the head specifically. Mm-hmm. Uh, but when you're saying kendo sticks, you're still going to see kendo sticks, mm-hmm. but they don't want the big spot where it's Soraya's, you know, kendo sticking Britt Baker, for example, to happen. And then three matches later, guy A and guy B use a kendo stick because right. they just decided because it's under the ring, we'll use it. Mm-hmm. And that's what we saw many times in AEW. And I know that most of you at home have seen it where time and time again on one show, we would see multiple people bleeding in multiple matches. We would see multiple people using similar weapons during matches, similar moves to finish the match. There is a couple in there that are like, okay, these are moves that we want to approve for only people who can do them. Right. It's fine when Sammy Guevara is dropping a 6.30, we have faith in him. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean everybody should. And also, it points out the fact that if Sammy's doing a 6.30 that night, we don't want some commander doing the 6.30. Even though he can do it, 
we got the guy who's doing it already. So it works in that aspect as well. We'll talk about the blood in a minute, but how do you feel about this list? Leave out the blood for now. It's very smart. And once again, somebody's listening to us down there because we've been saying this for years. Every match should feel special for a different reason. You shouldn't see the same thing at the opening match, in the mid-match, and near the main event. You shouldn't. You need to tell better stories, and I think this is a way to get there. And I think by banning some moves, we've seen over the past couple weeks alone, I'm going to say Sting's dive off the ladder where he didn't clear the table. Like, that was a spot that was unnecessary to begin with. And I think it, it looked horrible on TV. And I think that somebody back there is saying, like, wait a sec. He shouldn't be doing this, even though he, he, might, he might want to. But this is where somebody need, has stepped in and said, no, let's clean this up a bit. Let's make it more into a show. Let's give the fans something different every time we come out. So I think it's smart for them to do this. Mm-hmm. It means that we're not going to have blood in every match, which we shouldn't. Right. It makes it – I don't care what John Moxley's assertion says. Exactly. It does – if you had blood in every match, it doesn't make it the, – the impact's not there. We're telling a story. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, we know this is a story. You know what I mean? And so if you're doing it at every match, it just loses its allure. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm all for blood in matches when it makes sense. Like, once again, then you'd be like, oh, Rich, death matches. But death matches are different. You're hitting somebody with glass. It's, it's a whole other beast. Yeah. So the other part of the blood thing that I want to bring up, and why this was very intelligent, is you notice that they closed the loophole. They said, no blood, including blading or anything that is intentional. Mm-hmm. So they clo- I'm going to call it the Bret Hart limit. Because remember, Bret Hart used to be famous for fucking somehow coming up with a, not even the hard way, just coming up with a way to bust himself open when there was a blood ban in WWE. Yeah. It happened with him versus Ric Flair, happened with him and Piper. Like, there was a bunch of different times where Bret Hart would do it. And now he's been very open about it. And I'm fine. Those matches probably did need the blood, and that's fine. Sure. But you had to skirt it. They closed that loophole. Mm -hmm. They, They literally say... That you, it doesn't matter. It says right here, and I quote, high, or sorry, okay, because it's, it's part of the high risk dives, high risk dives, top rope. Then it goes, intentional bleeding of any sort, not just blading. So they put in the fact that if we catch you intentionally bleeding, you are going to be fined mm-hmm. because all of these carry a fine on them, is what we've been told. And then obviously, if you don't listen, then there can be higher repercussions. They've basically left it open to the people and say, hey, if you do any, the band stuff can get you instantly in trouble, mm-hmm. instantly suspended, without pay, fined, whatever. These other things, if you don't have them cleared by the proper channel, can get you fined. And if further instances can up that punishment, up to and including termination. I think this is smart. I'm sure that some of this came down from WBD. Oh, I'm sure. And I'm sure that some of this is just finally somebody... Maybe whoever's running collision, yeah, because <laughs> we've been we've been on that conspiracy for a while. Obviously, somebody Tony trusts enough. Maybe Will Washington. I don't know. Maybe that's how Fightful's getting all this. Maybe it's Will. And if that's the case, kudos to him. I don't know who to completely credit for mm-hmm. all this, but I'm going to tell you, this is going to make a better wrestling product. Watch. Some people, go, oh, they're going to be trying to make it more like WWE. No, 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 no. They're just trying to make it so that because before guys were just allowed to basically go, you know, here's your finish, whatever you want to do in between, mm. and then you keep, you know, every match we got a table spot, every match we got this. Now we're going to comment down. So it's more important when it happens. I love it. You're going away from the super indie style to an actual wrestling match with story structure. I think it's probably the easiest way to put it. But no, I think whoever came up with this is very smart about it. And obviously you want to make your best product possible. And I think after seeing what Collision is doing and whoever's running that over there, 
clearly is sending a message to whoever's running dynamite. It was the same person. I mean, <laughs> I don't know how that exactly works, but they got to get on the same page because you're seeing a different product. And I think fans are talking about collision more, maybe not watching it live, so to speak in the ratings, but who cares about that? The fact is they're seeing, you know, products like, I know we're going to talk about one tag team match, especially. And I think you're seeing how this change of the basic formula that AEW's had is really paying dividends for the fans watching. I agree 100%. Let's, let's go right ahead and go there. Uh, so let's be honest. The talk of the town mm-hmm. this past week's collision. Yep. I mean, I, I, I did check out Rampage this week. I thought it was very good. I watched Dynamite was one of the better episodes of Dynamite we've seen in a while. Giving them credit where credit's due, yeah, right? it was better. But I will say this, collision. Holy shit. Head and next shoulders level above. stuff. Mm-hmm. 57-minute, two out of three falls tag team, world tag team title match, sorry, FTR, Versus the gold, uh, Bullet, Bullet Club, Club gold. gold. Oh, my God. How great was that match? It's phenomenal. It's a match of the year candidate. Easily. Easy. Easy. Yes, tag team matches can be match of the year candidates, and this proves it. FTR does great work, and especially now. The, you know what? When Since they've now officially re-signed, and now they're basically on just collision, they, they feel more comfortable in the ring. Like, you can tell. Like, there's just this big weight off their shoulders, and they're getting back to being all about the wrestling. I don't know if it's because Punk's back with them or whatever the case is. I need more of this. And obviously, when you have two great dance partners like Jay White and Juice, this does help. Huge. So that being said, they knew that they had to go put on something epic, and especially for anybody that was not fully aware of how great Jay White is, this was a perfect showcase for him. I love it. I thought it was a great match. It's definitely my lead for tag team match of the year so far. Mm. It is going to be, it's definitely in the running for match of the year. Yep. But I definitely tag match of the year so far. Very good. I mean, I can't say enough great things about this match. It was amazing. 57 minutes well spent. Mm-hmm. That wasn't the only match, though. We had the two finals for the Owen Hart tournament. Women's final. Ruby Soho versus Willow Nightingale. Yeah. Big surprise. Willow Nightingale wins. So she's the women's Owen Hart tournament winner. That was pretty awesome. I got to give credit. I mean, hopefully that's off the fact that she had that success with the NJPW Strong Women's Championship. And I'm hoping that this is going to actually push Willow forward. I really liked it. Willow is vastly underrated, in my opinion. I think more fans should be talking about her because she always puts on great work in the ring. And her getting this upset, I would like to see this continue. I'd like to see a real feud build off these two. With her and Ruby. I think that you can go a lot of places with it. And then the main event of the evening. Yeah. For the men's Owen Hart tournament final, CM Punk versus Ricky Starks. Absolute Ricky Starks. This match, whoo. Mm-hmm. Dude, when Punk is motivated. Yeah. It's a whole nother beast. Obviously, he likes Ricky Starks. Mm-hmm. I would have to say from the judging of it. And boy, did they put on a match. They put on a real good clinic. And hey. Via holding the middle rope, yeah. Ricky Starks defe- defeats CM Punk to become the men's Owen Hart tournament winner and essentially making Ricky Starks a heel out of nowhere, which I'm not a fan of. Maybe they can walk it back. Although with the controversial figure that Punk is, that doesn't necessarily make you a heel. Although ripping the trophy out of Juice Thunder Liger's yeah. arms kind of does. And all the, the other thing is they paid for Juice and Liger to come to this country, dress up in the gimmick, and literally just get a trophy ripped out of his hands, wave to the crowd real quick, and walk to the back. That was the only thing I didn't like about this match. Legitimately. Ricky Starks has all the potential to be your top baby face in this company. And to have him now go heel, because this is how it came across to me watching. 
to have him go heel at this stage is a big misstep. And especially with how he acted after, like you touched upon, ripping the trophy out of Liger's hands. Like, what are we doing here? Like, do you not realize what you have in your in, on your roster? You have that big superstar that we've that the fans have all been screaming at. Push him to the moon. He has it. He can talk in the ring. He can go in the ring. He can do all the little things you want for the top face of your company. Let him do this. But to to have him go heel and like I just hope I I hope and I know this is probably gonna come out weird or whatever, but. I hope they just didn't do this to make Punk look good and like he's supposed to be the real face of Collision and the top baby face there. And I hope they just didn't do this for like a one-off moment because I really think that that would be just such a bad idea. I don't think they did that. I, I well, Here's what I'm thinking. I don't like the quick change. Yeah. Because God knows it doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. However, being fair... I I think that if this leads to a program between Starks and Punk, it's good. Because Ricky Starks deserves to work with the top guy. Agreed. And let's be honest, Punk is the top face of Collision. That's the whole point of that show. Mm-hmm. He is the guy. That's why he's there every week. There's no elite, et cetera, et cetera. You know, I don't want to hear this, oh, well, he volunteered to do blood and guts. Right, right, if right. If he did, right. it was a joke yeah. because he already knows that that's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. Everybody else knows it's not going to happen. The fact that it was reported on is just because somebody might have made mention and I'm assuming Punk made a joke. Oh, I'm sure. And somebody ran with it. That's fine. It, it is what it is. I'm not even mad about the person who reported it. I'm just saying you got to use your brain every once in a while. We know the situation that's going on mm-hmm. in that. So if this means Ricky Starks is going to get a, a, a program with the top one of the top guys in the business... Fuck yeah, man. I'm all aboard. But to your point, if this was just a one-night thing and he's not going to go on to feud with a punk or somebody else on the top of the card, then why'd we do this? Exactly. That's the only thing. And so far, once again, we say it all the time. We try to give the benefit and hindsight of everything and give it some time to breathe. Mm -hmm. So let's see where it goes. As of right now, I wasn't keen on it on the night that it happened, but... Over the next few weeks, we'll find out if it was a good move or not. And then again, like I said, you could also it could have also been us reading it as a heel move, when in reality it wasn't. Maybe they ran out of time. You never know. And Ricky yeah, just kind maybe. of freaked out and grabbed the trophy quick. It wasn't really meant. Because think about it, they did. They you were they were butted up against time. Even though Battle of the Belts was on after, right. it's still two different shows. You know that fifty-seven minute match ate up a lot of time, which is fine because it was a great match, but. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't like that part, but I thought the match was amazing. Oh, the match was great, yeah. And if it leads to something bigger between Punk and Ricky Starks, I'm a happy camper. I'm, I'm completely there with you. I just, like I say, that was the only thing I didn't like about it, but I'm hope, but we got to let it breathe and see where it goes from here. I just don't want it to be like a one-off and then we don't see Ricky on TV for two weeks. I mean, listen, Collision was damn near, I, I don't want to say perfect because you know I never think anything's perfect. Right. But it was damn near the best show that you could have possibly hoped for in a wrestling Show mm-hmm. the only the only black eye I could find for the entire show, other than you know the ending of the Ricky Starks match being the you know that, but it is what it is. Once again, let time play out, and it might show us that it was amazing, right? Sure. Uh, and Collision has built that up with me because they've done some great storytelling and some great matches over there. So I'm assuming that I'll give them uh, definitely give them the benefit of the doubt. The only really black eye, if you will, on the show was David Benoit in the front row and taking pictures. Like yeah. who thought it was a, honest? I'm sorry, man. I get it. It was things that his father did. We can't punish him for the things his father did. I get it. I'm not trying to do that. Mm-hmm. However, he looks a lot like his father. 
and sitting in the front row, that's a very bad look, especially mere weeks after the incident, the anniversary of the incident. Yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, you could have put him anywhere else. Yeah. Not in the front row, because you know he wasn't there with a paid ticket. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And once again, nothing against the kid. It's I nothing just, against, yeah. It's, it's just not a great look. Yeah. And I know there's probably even some people who listen to us that are like, well, Chris Benoit was great. You know, if that's your opinion, fine. Mm-hmm. The, 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 the Paul problem, Heyman The problem of the thing is, go, go check out the Paul Heyman. That's what I tried to. Look what Paul Heyman says about it. I'm not going to say it here, and I'm also not as crash as Paul Heyman about it. I get why people love what he did in ring. I did as well. Mm-hmm. However, what he did outside of the ring far outweighs any of that. Exactly. And regardless of why or how, it still happened. Mm-hmm. And like Paul Heyman said, I'll only quote this part. Three people died in that house that day. Only one had the choice. Yeah. Just put it in that perspective if you think about it. Mm-hmm. And like I said, we can hear any excuse in the book. It's still heinous. Doesn't matter if it was CT, steroids, you know, bad day, bipolar, whatever right. it could be. I, and I'm not saying that those things aren't real issues. Mm-hmm. So don't say that I'm saying that. Right. I'm just saying that there's a lot of people who had CT that didn't murder their whole families. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Oh, yeah. So I, I still think there's some personal accountability, whether there was issues or not. So, and it's, once again, I feel bad for the kid because it's like, I don't want to take it out on him, but like first row, brother. Yeah. And then hearing stuff about him training and want to wrestle as Chris Benoit Jr., somebody should talk him out of that. Yeah. I'm just throwing that out there. That's all I'm saying. David Benoit, I don't care that Chris Jericho is telling you it's a good idea. It ain't a good idea. Mm-hmm. Chris Jericho's had a lot of bad ideas. January 6th should ring a bell. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly, allegedly. Right. Mm-hmm. So uh, that, that's another thing I could say, but that doesn't take away from the event. The event was great. Yeah. So collision, co- kudos. Collision, collision's been on point. Like I say, the, we, we highlight the matches, and this is this gets us excited to talk about AEW, and we need more of this. Well, we got more excitement coming up this week because, of course, gigantic event coming out of uh, Boston, Massachusetts, in the TD Waterhouse. Uh, isn't that that's, – yeah, that's their, their yeah. TD Bank, whatever. They, they changed the name fucking ten times. But anyways, the bad, what you, the former Boston Gardens yes. <laughs> in Boston, which is one of the big cities in the United States, and we have a big event coming up. Of course, the event is called Blood and Guts. It's taking place on AEW Dynamite this week. And, of course, the big match that everybody's talking about, of course, is for the FTW World Championship, Hook versus Jack Perry. I know that's what you're amped to talk about during Blood and Guts. There's nothing else that could possibly be happening on that card that's bigger than that match. Right, Ken? Well, I mean, that is the main event. And I guess the the cage match is the co-main or, <laughs> or semi-main, if you will. Well, let's not even waste the time on it. Like, yeah. It was a good joke. But listen, there's only one thing we're going to talk about. And if we're talking Blood and Guts, it's Blood and Guts. Of course, AEW's version of War Games. War Games! Because they can't call it that, but Ken can. War Games! Thank you. Uh, so we got the teams. We got the teams. We got it announced last week, and uh, we were uh, real surprised. Mm-hmm. So on one end, we have the Blackpool Combat Club team, which will comprise of Claudio Castagnoli, Wheeler Yuta, John Moxley, Takeshita, and their last partner, the Bastard Pac. Yeah, making his return to AEW. By the way, I'm not. I'm a fan of it. You know why? He's from London, at, or London. He's from England, 
And I don't know if he's close to Blackpool, but he'll be the only one that's close enough to it. Maybe he could be the new manager or mascot or whatever. I'm not mad about that. I actually, I think. Also, their storyline with Kenny Omega. Exactly. No, I like the addition of him. The only thing that throws me off with this is the Don Callis, who has the worst entrance music of all of pro wrestling right now. <laughs> the one piano key, but I digress. <laughs> On and purpose. I'll yeah, give him credit. I'll give him the credit. Yeah, but it's still, it's awful. Who is in the Don Callis family? Because I know that well, we know it's Takeshita, and he's really, really trying to get Jericho in. There. Right. Which I thought that if you're really going for Jericho, why wouldn't you offer him blood and guts? Exactly. Which I'm agreeing with you there. But maybe Bastard Pac is in. I don't know. Is he with Blackpool Comic? The last time we saw Pac, he was a face. Yeah, he was with Death Triangle. Right. He was a face. He was a former trios champion. Yeah. Before they lost the, I I don't know. Yeah, like that's the only thing that was confusing. But once we get to the reason why he's there, because obviously, oh, uh, I'm fine with that yeah, part. Listen, yeah, listen, I'm fine. That with makes the team. that makes perfect sense. I, no issues. Honestly, there. nitpicking. Yes, I'll say some things. Fine with the team. The other side, we got the elite, the elite, elite. The, the the elite. Of course, the young backs, Matt and Nick Jackson, mm-hmm. Hangman Adam Page, the cleaner Kenny Omega. And, of course, making it the Golden Elite, finally, Kodai Bushi's in AEW. I'm fine with that. Mm. Although, Takeshita might not be fine with that uh, because there is some real-life heat between Takeshita and Kodai Bushi, and we're about to throw them in a cage. Yeah, I don't know how that's going to fare. And just to remind people, Ibushi's not above potatoing the shit out of people. Mm. Hence... What happened with him and Will Ospreay? Mm-hmm. Hence why he was gone, because he potato Will Ospreay, and the truth of the matter is, Will Ospreay hit him with a couple real hidden blades and made him suffer a massive concussion, which is real. Mm-hmm. That's why there was heat between Osprey and Omega. That's a true story. There's not any work or gimmick there. Right. But it was all because Osprey felt like Ibushi during that match was trying to injure him. Mm-hmm. So when he got the opening, he repaid him. Right. And unfortunately, when you do something like the Hidden Blade, it's real easy to concuss somebody. Yeah. Very easy. So I'm not saying that's going to happen. By the way, I'm hoping for business. Yeah, me but too. But there's a lot of elements. However, in shoots are, by the way, for the fans out there that don't understand, shoots are never good for wrestling. No. Because they don't look good. No. But I'm hoping that doesn't happen. But I'm, not, I'm all right with these teams. Teams, team matchups are fine. I just hope everybody keeps a business and adheres to the new rules in place of what they can and cannot do. I'm sure some of those rules, the the, the rule, there's going to be blood in this match. Yeah. Let's be honest. I'm sure there might not be blood anywhere else on the show, part of the rule, which is good. Yeah. But I'm sure there's going to be blood in this match, and I'm sure that uh, they're going to allow them to use the weapons and stuff. So I think that's not going to affect blood and guts at all because mm-hmm. I think it's going to get approved, obviously. But... I, I do hope for the safety of the workers, as always, and not even because of like heat between a couple of them, like real life heat. I also worry because it's a, always a dangerous atmosphere putting people in war games. Yeah. And once again, I'm not saying that I'm against war games. Don't give me right, that. but but I always I always have part of me that makes you know I hope that everybody goes in and comes out you know in good condition. There's a lot of things that can go wrong in war games, so it's always just hoping everybody goes in the ring does their thing, and gets, is able to walk out of the ring. But I will be tuning in for sure because I, I, I'm a, I've, other than, you know, I've thought that every one of their uh, blood and guts have been good. I mean, we had the little, uh, the incident with the the, the, the wrong camera shot. Yeah. Say. But that one didn't make it bad. It just was the wrong camera shot. It agreed. The match was good still. 
Mm-hmm. The camera shot the sucked. The camera it shot was the, awful. It ruined the finish because they took a horrible camera shot. Yeah. If they would have shot that at a different angle. It would have been great. It would have looked like they killed Chris Jericho. Mm-hmm. And that's what they were going for. Right. But, yeah, I don't know. It's it's weird to me. Storyline-wise, I'm, I'm all right with Pac for those things, but I thought I just thought that Jericho, it should have been offered to Jericho since Don Collis is actively trying to recruit him to the Collis family. Yeah, the only thing I could think of is Jericho is going to interfere in this match. And help them somehow beat the elite, or does he turn complete face and just help the elite? Yeah, I mean it is possible because the JAS is basically done. Yeah, and let's be honest, they've been singing Judas forever. Let's be—he's a face. Yeah, so he could just turn face Jericho. I could see that happening. Him and Takesha in a feud—I could see it. You know, maybe Jake Hager joins the Kalis family. Yeah, as their muscle, if you will. Just get rid of the hat. Well, I have, yeah. well, yeah, because yeah. it won't be Jericho. He, yeah. He's going to want him to be a badass. Yeah. I dig it. Uh, so there's that going on. I think that's awesome news. And then, of course, there's a pay-per-view going down for Ring of Honor. Yes. <laughs> I mean, surprising to everybody yeah. <laughs> <laughs> because we didn't hear too much about it. As a matter of fact, technically, as of recording, there is only two matches announced. And the reason I say two matches is because the one that's announced is the winner of a match coming up this week on TV is the TV champion title. However, I need to forewarn everybody. We are going to go over the match listing that I have. Mm -hmm. And I have five matches listed. A lot of, uh, most of these matches are matches that haven't been announced yet. Okay. Two of them in particular. They're going down on TV. So I'm giving you a spoiler warning. So if you don't want... If you're going to watch Ring of Honor TV, which we don't, mm-hmm. granted, and I, the reason why is I'm not paying $10, $10 a month when pay-per-views aren't included. Just throwing that out there, Tony. So I have a list from a sort that from, a you know, it's Wikipedia. Yeah. But it has the spoilers that go down for this taping because the taping's already done. Right. The tape. Yeah. It got taped last Saturday. I believe so. Yeah. After collision. Yeah. So, no, that's that's when it did. It, yeah, I'm just, I couldn't remember yeah, what day it was. 100% yeah. it did. I'm just letting you know, you know yeah. 100%. So, if you don't want those spoilers, this is, you know, the, so, say so long, because that's going to be the pretty <laughs> much the last. There is a WWE thing we're going to talk about in a second, but other than that, that's it. Okay, mm-hmm. so just letting you guys know. Spoilers are coming, although I don't think anybody should be too offended by it. So, of course, it is going down this upcoming Friday, July 21st. 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time from the Cure Insurance Arena in Trenton, New Jersey, Ring of Honors, Death Before Dishonor 2023. Okay. Here's what we got so far. Are you ready? Uh, Yes. So, uh, Evil Uno versus Stu Grayson. Okay. Solidified it on the taping. This match has been announced for the Ring of Honor Women's Championship. Your champion, Athena, defending it against the Owen Hart Classic Tournament winner, Willow Nightingale. Okay, that'll be a great match. This match has also been announced for the Pure Wrestling Rules, in a Pure Wrestling Rules match, sorry, for the ROH Pure Championship. Your champion, Shibata, takes on Daniel Garcia. They did announce that. Yeah, they had a uh, press conference for it, yeah, I think, too. Yeah. Okay. The next one is one that uh, goes down technically on Honor Club TV on July 20th, so here is your spoiler one. So, uh, the, for, the, uh, for the Ring of Honor World Television Championship, your champion, Samoa Joe, Goes against former Ring of Honor World Television Champions, Dalton Castle. Oh. Because on the July 20th episode of Ring of Honor, he defeats Shane Taylor in the finals. Oh, man. Yes. I mean, 
Well, we, we we are very big uh, Shane Taylor promotion. We're fans also here. fans of Dalton, so it's right. kind of a it, it, mixed it, bag there. Right, but it would be cool to see Shane on that but stage. Yeah, so Dalton Castle does win on July 10th. Or July 20th. I said July 10th. July 20th. So this Thursday. Sorry, guys. Yeah. So the match is Samoa Joe versus Dalton Castle. And the main event of the evening for the Ring of Honor World Championship, your champion Claudio Castagnoli versus to be, an, uh, to be announced. So they didn't announce it on the taping. They might have done it. They might come at the taping, but they didn't. Or maybe they'll announce it on Dynamite. They're running out of time to announce this match. And this is my problem. Ready, mm-hmm. Ken? Let's go. Decent card. Yeah. Willow versus Athena should be a great match. Samoa versus Dalton Castle, good match. Uh, Evil Uno, Stu Grayson, lots of storytelling there. Mm-hmm. Good match. You know what I mean? Yeah. Shibata versus Garcia, as long as we get the killer Garcia, good match. If we get the stupid dancing and, and dumb shit, don't know what to tell you. Yeah. And, of course, our main event, the only reason it is suppo- was supposed to be Claudio versus Mark Briscoe. Mark Briscoe, unfortunately, is injured. Hopefully he gets better mm-hmm. soon. Praying for your brother. Get better. Get Absolutely. well. Get back in the ring. But here's the problem. Why haven't we found out who's fighting for the title yet? And I get it. Maybe they'll make the announcement at, after Blood and Guts. Maybe it'll have to do with the Blood and Guts match. I don't know. It's weird because that's not a Ring of Honor product. That's an AEW product. And allegedly they're different. And But the same point in juncture, up until this past Saturday... We only knew of one match and it got canceled because up until this last Saturday, all we knew that was going on was Claudio versus Mark Briscoe and we knew it got canceled. Yeah. So since Saturday, we've gotten the Shibata versus Garcia announcement. We got the Samoa Joe would defend it. I mean, technically the TV title tournament was going on the week before. So we did find that out. Sorry, the the Thursday before. Mm -hmm. So still this past week, we found out this Saturday or Sunday that Athena versus Willa Nightingale was happening. Yeah. So, like, all those, and Stu Grayson and Evil Uno gets announced on this 20th show. And if there's any other matches, right? No, mm-hmm. Nothing else was announced to the live crowd. The only reason we know about it is because of what happened in front of the live crowd. Right. So, my point of the matter is, just like the AEW pay-per-views, what the fuck are we doing? Like, why are we not getting people excited to pay money? This is a $40 pay-per-view, right? Yeah. Last I checked. Mm-hmm. $40. On top of the fact that your audience that wants to watch Ring of Honor has to pay $10 a month to watch Ring of Honor. Even if you skirt around it and use a VPN, it's $20 on fight internationally. Let's let's just be honest. In my opinion, Ring of Honor is considered as forget-me money. And, like, literally, it's an afterthought, and it's treated like one. And the fact that you have a main event, and I understand Mark Briscoe got hurt, and speedy and healthy recovery to him wishes. But you have to have some kind of equal value to go into that main event slot. Storyline-wise, you're not going to have it unless you have like Hangman Page take on Claudio and do that spinning out of blood and guts. Or even Chris Jericho, if he does the face turn. They, They could do something like that on the short notice. But other than that, if you're trying to sell this product, which is $10 less than you're already on television multiple times a week, AEW product, this is not the way to go about it because there's no investment for me as a fan to tune in and buy this. I'm sorry, there isn't. The fact that I have to pay for a subscription service to watch your product is one thing, but then you want me to pay an additional 40 bucks. So it's basically I'm paying you 50 bucks a month to watch the show. So it matches up with your pay-per-view, I guess. But there's nothing on here that is getting me invested. And especially we've talked about this in the past too. 
when they've tried forcing the Ring of Honor storylines on AEW television, the fan base doesn't want to see it. They're very, very territorial with it. So why am I going to get invested with this? Because the only storyline that would make sense to me for Claudio isn't going to happen because Eddie Kingston's over in G1. Sorry. Other than that, it's like it's going to be plug and play, but Claudio is going to retain. Well, that's my my other problem is this like it's the thing with AEW too. They don't like to announce pay per view matches to build a pay per view. Yeah. Like here we are. It is now as of the time we are recording. It is Monday, July seventeenth. Uh, the pay per view known as All In goes down on August twenty seventh. Mm-hmm. So we're about a month and ten days away, give or take. Easy. Yep. Hmm. Nothing still. Yeah. And I get it. You sold all those tickets on nothing. That's fine. But why are, how are we pumping up? We just found out, speaking of which, we didn't add this in earlier. We should have. Mm-hmm. Because I forgot to because I was so whatever going on to the next thing. We found out that All In is a pay-per-view. All Out happens the week after. Yeah. So literally you're asking people unless there's. They got to bundle unless it. Unless something strange, unless they bundle it or unless something changes last minute. You're asking people to pay $100 within a seven-day period to watch your pay-per-views. Yeah. And you have not announced anything for All In. Mm-hmm. Anything. We're not building there yet. Nothing. I mean, we could make some assumptions. Sure. I could assume that's where Omega versus Osprey is going to happen, Osprey 3, mm-hmm. right? Assumption. But why hasn't that announced yet? That should have been already announced. Agreed. Why are we not announcing matches or at least a couple matches, something? Or why are we not setting it straight that we know exactly where we're going here? Mm. You know, maybe, you know, this upcoming week on Dynamite, forgetting to mention, the finals of the tag tournament. Oh, yeah. It's MJF and Adam Cole Baby. versus Sammy Guevara and Daniel Garcia in the finals. Mm-hmm. So my assumption is that possibly you're going to have Adam Cole and MJF win and they would get the tag title shots at All In. Yeah, which that would make sense. Mm-hmm. That would carry the storyline at all in. If they lose at all in, that's the split up. But you're gonna do a weak split up into a title fight, possibly yeah. at all out. Like that seems a little eh, too. Mm-hmm. Right? Agreed. So why aren't we thinking about these things? And maybe they are. Maybe, but but listen, a month and ten days out from the first of two pay per views. So essentially, you have to build two pay per views at the same time. Yeah, because. You're not going to just, what, what are you going to do, all rematches from all in and all out? Then why would you pay no. $50? You know, the, the screwed up thing is going to be this. All in is going to be for everybody that's on Dynamite. All out's going to be for everybody that's on Collision. Interesting take. It Th- could happen. That's the, uh, Well, then all in is, or all out, sorry, is in Chicago. Exactly. So it'll be, it'll be CM Punk versus whoever. Like maybe, just maybe, they could spin it like this. So all in, your main event will arguably be Omega versus Osprey. For that WGP United States title. Your co-main will be FTR versus Cole and MJF. And then your main event a week later will be Punk versus MJF. Then they'll cut because they'll say, like, you know, Punk deserves a title shot, whatever, whatever. Because what they can spin is they lost the tag team titles because MJF was too distracted. He had to go defend his title in a week, so Cole will try helping him retain in Chicago and set up some storyline there. Possibly. And that's the only thing you can kind of do that's redeeming about it, and and you're going to start just building that. The collision show is going to be all out, and then you can kind of plug and play with from Ring of Honor and whatever to fill up the gap. 
I, it, but it, it, but it's messy. It's 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 so many different moving parts though. I like it. what you're saying only because it makes sense. Yeah, but it's messy. But then again, AEW's never proven not to be messy. Right. And once again, here we are, Ring of Honor pay per view going down. Literally, this is Monday, so Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, four days from now. Mm-hmm. Four days. Yeah. Why even? <laughs> why even? Pot- literally, try it's it. nine forty eight. So literally, if you go back an hour and forty eight minutes from when we're talking right now, mm-hmm. peek behind the curtain. It is. It was literally seventy or no forty. What is it? Forty eight and forty. So ninety six hours. Ninety. Yeah, ninety six hours yeah. away. Literally, we we're almost ninety. So ninety five hours away as we're talking right yeah. now. However you want to look at it. I know I'm doing random math here, but ninety five hours away from a pay per view. It takes Steiner math you to wanna, figure out what their, you, yeah, their plan the, is. So you know, don't don't. Yeah, exactly the point. You are. Just mere days away from trying to get the public to buy a $40 show that you haven't really fully advertised to get invested in. Like, what are you supposed to do? Put all this advertising on AEW Dynamite? It doesn't work because your fan base is not into Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor fans are the ones shelling out 10 bucks a week or 10 bucks a month for it. That's it. I'm sorry. Ring of Honor is not Ring of Honor of old, so you're not carrying those fans over. This is supposed to be a new product, a la NXT, as much as people don't like to admit it, but let's be honest. Agreed. So how are you going to sit there and try spilling this and do the promotion on a show that nobody cares about? Like, that's the thing. The business model is not working for this. So uh, whoever is doing the work for a collision, please talk to the people working at Ring of Honor. Like, pass along your magic to them. <laughs> Seriously. Because Collision's doing everything right. Well, I feel like Tony Khan's got his hands in too much. Everybody likes oh, yeah, to criti- I agree. Everybody, everybody likes to criticize in these days about, uh, uh, you know, Vince McMahon. Is he back? Is he not back? And at the end of the day, Tony Khan's not that much better, guys. Like, I'm sorry. Like, he can't get out of his own way. Yeah, sure, we get some good booking here and there, but what are we doing? Mm-hmm. And, like, literally, like I said, we are literally less than a week away. We don't know. We're trying to sell a $40 pay-per-view with what? Yeah, with nothing. That's- I mean, live looking into the thoughts that are going on right now in Tony Khan's head. But you know what I know? That you only half the man that I am. And I have half the brain that you do. Pretty much. Just yeah. throwing it out there. That is my uh, fun times. But by the way, Tony Khan, it's been a month in one week since we uh, offered you to come on here or any of your higher ups to come on here mm-hmm. and answer some of these questions that we would like to know. And uh, no, no response. Go figure. Yep. Uh, in closing, I do want to say this, though. WWE is not really WWE news, but it's uh, Get Well Soon Bailey. I guess Bailey yeah. uh, did something to her knee at a house show this past weekend, uh, yesterday as we record, so Sunday. So I uh, don't know if there's a real diagnosis out there yet. If she tore, you know, they know exactly what happened. But uh, hopefully uh, she gets well soon. Hopefully it's not that bad. Agreed. So there, there's our thoughts there. Thoughts and T's and P's, the Bailey on recovery. Well, Ken M., that's going to bring us to the end of this week's 607 TWS. Before we go, tell the fine folks one more time how to find yourself in the ODPH. Keep it short. Keep it sweet. ODPHpodcast.com. And, of course, you're trying to get a hold of me if it's 3FNpodcast.com. Until next week, when we talk about Ring of Honor's pay-per-view, when we talk about the uh, Indie Roundup, and so much more for myself, for Ken M. Take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and most importantly, the later wrestling fans!
Top ropes, one, two. 